Welcome to another Monday Oath. No one gets away with anything. Today with you, we are... Jose Rafael Chuaneri and... Ariana Lopez. Today, we are uh, we have the Croatia-Brazil game going on, the last 10 minutes of the game behind us. Uh, Brazil has scored one game so far, one yeah, goal so far. Yeah, and it's been pretty interesting, and we have decided to stop avoiding the recording part <laughs> because we need to record. Uh, and we have a rather interesting topic today, I think. Mm-hmm. So today, to uh, give you a little bit of a snippet, we're going to be talking about several things. What's the topic for the... the, the um, the, um, for the episode the title of the episode today is going to be handling extremes mm-hmm. in this case we're going to be talking about wokeness mm-hmm. and apart from that we're also going to be talking about a youtube channel that yeah counters a bit the extreme wokeness that we often see yeah uh, and it's definitely i uh we're gonna talk about the youtube channel we're gonna about talk about uh extreme uh things that we see every day mm-hmm. uh we're gonna go into some specific um what do you call this uh subject matters mm-hmm. or examples exactly, wow. exactly why didn't i think cases, of the simple one case cases studies. case studies and, and after then, that yeah um we're gonna dive into you know how do you make your mind how do you form your opinions how do yeah you, how do you make up your mind yeah yeah, how do you how do you build your criteria in life overall? And well, we're gonna close with some uh, insightful stuff that we'll come up with at the moment. Mm-hmm. But basically, the idea is how to handle these extreme times that we live in mm-hmm. with actual positive or negative opinions about mm-hmm. the world that are truly, truly ours. Ariana, do you want to remind everyone what we are? A bunch of kids who don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. We are kids who are not professionals. We know a lot about what we're talking about, but we know nothing <laughs> in the professional sense. And so please take our words with a grain of salt. This is a disclaimer. We're not experts in any of the topics that we touch on the podcast. We are merely curious Relying people. on our knowledge and research. Yes, and our own experiences. Okay, some of what we say is useful and we hope that it helps, but never, never is it professional advice. Thank you very much. Okay, so Jose and I, like, while planning this episode, went and dived into, like, what is woke? What is the woke culture? Because we were... Okay, so th- this started because I watched a couple of videos from Baggage Claim. Baggage Claim is an amazing YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And we were talking a lot about what she was fighting against, in a way, or what she was criticizing. Mm-hmm. And we came to the realization that that is wokeness. That the, the extreme um, ability to do a certain amounts of things like we we, we we defined it a bit as woke and then we said like what, what we don't really know what woke is mm-hmm. and so i said okay let's look up the definition so what are our definitions that we've found in the internet of woke what's the current definition of woke what's it th- no do you want to start by the current one okay yeah. so basically we found that to be woke is the act of being pretentious about how much you care about a social issue which I found to be such an interesting definition. And I couldn't stop saying it to her. So like, that's Jesus, so accurate. Yeah, it's so, so accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so being very woke. And uh, the, the, the funny thing is you said, uh, being very pretentious. Exactly. And it was like, it's a definition by Urban Dictionary, mm-hmm. which is probably not the best source in the world, but it's, accu- it's the, the accuracy exactly. of the definition impressed us. And I think like specifically for, blah, 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 blah. Specifically <laughs> for a term like woke, that's not like, if you look at, up in in an actual dictionary it's not gonna be what we're looking for you know yeah of course we we need the urban definition of it and i as what like it's super precise but also there was very interesting the original woke definition 
the original definition of woke is it's about staying woke and it was an, uh, a term used by the African American community mm-hmm. uh, about a person or a group of people who question the dominant paradigm mm-hmm. by being self-aware and by striving for something better and mm-hmm. we thought that that's that's an appealing definition that's an appealing definition and that's why it comes like that's why it's interesting because like when we first read this definition which is like the original one it's like then why do we associate the woke culture with something uncomfortable or for example for me it's like woke it's not positive uh, woke it's annoying. is annoying exactly that's it's exactly caring. the word that i was looking for but then you see the other definition like being very pretentious about caring about social issues and then you're like okay that's what I, that's, that's what, what annoys i mean me. yeah when we're exactly. talking about woke that's what we mean that's that's what just like i don't align with yeah no? so yeah w- w- again if woke I don't know when woke originated, but it was if it was about the African American community, uh, let's say, let's put the African American community in some kind of context. Like say the revolutionary times. So it's yeah, like a 200 year old like, yeah, 200 150 year old term. Mm-hmm. It's like how did that which it seems like so on point, mm-hmm. so like well thought out, so now, positive, like so constructive. Yeah, and now it turns out that it's just that it's become this being pretentious about mm-hmm. caring about something virtue signaling which is an interesting word exactly uh and then we we said we said like okay this is definitely what she's talking mm-hmm. about and it, it sounded funny because when i whenever when ariana read the first definition i was like that's exactly what baggage claim is doing exactly which is awesome it's like mm-hmm. she is attacking woke from within the actual definition of woke <laughs> Exactly, and those like all this topic came from like the videos that Jose watched, and then today I arrived in and told him like, look, I began to watch um, the documentary from Mega Megan and Harry because like yeah. they published um, a new like docu series if like, you can call it like that in Netflix, and I'm you know I'm very into the subject not necessarily because I agree or I like, but I've always been very intrigued by the whole British royalty yeah. since I was a kid. The whole you know? world, it's designed whole, that exactly. way. Exactly. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna start watching it. Nah, nah, nah. And like, I think as many people, I've always been come on, skeptic about Meghan Markle, especially after she, like, she married Harry. Nah, yeah. nah. And like, as soon as I mentioned it to Jose, he was like, have you watched the Bagaclin video about it? Which uh, apparently I hadn't. Uh, sorry, my dad gasped because <laughs> Croatia just tied the game in the one sixteenth minute. I wanted Brazil to win. I didn't want this to happen. I wanted football to win, which was a tie, and then more more playing time. Hey, Baba, it's gonna be penalties. There's gonna be penalties, and we'll comment no. on them as they come. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, uh, she, we, we were talking about Meghan Markle and the whole thing. Uh, and I had been watching the videos about her because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Meghan Markle as that kind of figure. Mm-hmm. And it, it just goes towards the fact that finding people who are abusing this term of wokeness and this this uh, way of moving through the world oftentimes feel or seem like the least harmful people. Mm-hmm. And then you see them closely and it's like, what? is going on here exactly which i find to be uh incredibly worrying mm-hmm. okay and then for example for this video particularly um like baggage claim i don't know what her name is but like she, uh, she doesn't say her name i think in the videos i think she keeps herself anonymous i might have researched badly but there there was an episode of modern wisdom which is another uh, podcast by chris williamson in which mm-hmm. he interviewed her 
and the episode is usually the name of whatever person's being interviewed and the episode's name is baggage, baggage claim. claim so i'm mm-hmm. not sure what to think maybe, exactly maybe she keeps her name uh for herself. Of, maybe also because of what she says no, but the thing is her face is clearly seeing the youtube yeah. videos which I is weird i don't know the point is that um exactly. yeah what you were saying sorry uh-huh um like i don't even know what i was gonna say like her work the way that she puts about this oh i think you were gonna say about the examples that we're gonna talk about exactly right? i was gonna say something about like the mega uh-huh okay i remember like um there's a video in which like i think the title of the video is like victim you know or with a question mark or something hey, yeah victim narrative it's exactly yeah. and then basically the video speaks about the 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 brand of megan markle and yeah. like her podcast her podcast her image what she portrays what she's trying to do right and at the end of the video he mentions um carl jung which yeah. is um a clinical psychologist exactly and like a, there's like four sort of personas in his yeah. theory and one of them is like mascara right and she says basically she explained that like all of us are somehow that persona like you can be a different self according to the social circumstances because you know how to read them it's like she, she puts the example of you're gonna go to starbucks right you're gonna order a coffee and they ask you how are you you're not gonna tell them my dog died i feel like shit and go on to explain how you actually feel you're yeah. just gonna say i'm good thank you you move on because there's people on the line you know not all what she said is like not every aspect of you is appropriate for every social circumstance exactly exactly so like you can model yourself into that person that fits best that moment but what she says is that megan markle has like come on immersed herself so much in the persona that she built that now it's sort of like wicked yeah you know not mm-hmm. so it's 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 called um the personas are necessary they're a part of who we are if i'm gonna be a, i'm an english teacher and whenever i'm an english teacher it is not the same as me being with my friends or mm-hmm. being alone and we certainly live under our mascaras or different masks to put it more simply but um and everybody says it we mm-hmm. all have masks etc yeah because you have roles that you play in life and it turns out that the more fulfilling your life is the closer your roles are to who you are. Mm-hmm. That's when you're living as what they say in the wokest possible sense, your truest self, exactly. right? And then you see that Meghan Markle is like the opposite of that. She's mm-hmm. like the mask has become sewn into her face and it's just plastic and you can see it. According to her in the video. Yeah, exactly. Well, according to me too. <laughs> I agree. I, and now I'm making on my mind, you know, it's like, I feel like for me, I'm just skeptic about the whole thing. Like, I take both sides with the grain of salt. Like, both her side and, like, the like the baggage claim side with a grain of salt. But basically what she argues is that, like, Meghan Markle has always been, like, a- an advocate of, like, the feminist movement and, the like, women rights. But to an extent where she only points out everything that's wrong in the world that doesn't allow it to be fair like basically um she says that there is not equality for women and hence they cannot succeed but at the same time what baggage claim argues is like then why are all these women that you're interviewing and like you're complaining to about why have they succeeded as much you know yeah why have they become successful exactly she her the the funny thing is she goes into carl jung because the name of her podcast is archetypes Mm -hmm. which is a term coined by jung about uh 
the different things and different ways that the world and the people in the world act. So you have, for example, the tyrant father or the benevolent, the benevolent wise king, the tyrant king. You have the the nurturing mother, and you have the the over indulgent mother who doesn't let you go out of your house and just controls you all the time. You know that you know these people. You know a tyrant king, a father who only controls and doesn't nurture, doesn't let you fail, just tells you what you did, and if you did it wrong, shouts at you. Mm-hmm. And you know when your father's a good father and, and lets you have your mistakes, and then comforts you, and then tells you what you did wrong, and helps you how to, to fix it. You know, we've all seen these things. Those are the archetypes. And the funny thing is, I think the argument that Bagatelli makes is something like, uh, she is not only saying that the world has turned its back on women and mm-hmm. it's um, absolutely unfair while interviewing women that are incredibly successful mm-hmm. as she is herself. Exactly. She was a very successful actor because mm-hmm. before she got into the royal family. But the higher caveat of all of it is it's not true. Mm-hmm. Like your interviewers, your interviewees are proving mm-hmm. that your point is not as extensive, true, and you know well founded as you're saying exactly. that it is, mm-hmm. and it's a product of that mascara that she has. That uh, which is why the video is called "Victim," right? It's, mm-hmm. Like she's always playing the victim. Exactly, and something also that like the video points out is that in the interviews, for example, let's say that she's interviewing Serena Williams, which is like another like the main characters of the video, she would ask her, like, how is it that you deal with the injustice of the way in which women are treated in the tennis world against, like, versus the way men are treated, right? And let's say Zarina gives an example, and then she'd be like, oh, yeah, I lived the same thing, like, because of this, this, and that. So, like, in the end, all of this narrative, all of this, like, social cause is a way for her to, like, build up on her own image and yeah. how, how she's very good and how she does things right and how she's been through everything and she's how she's paragon strong. paragon of goodness. Exactly. Which is very interesting. And you know, and like this whole thing about leaving the royal family and her being literally the princess trapped in the castle. Yeah. It's literally the cherry on top to the whole idea of it. Yeah. So perhaps it's a bit of a, again, wicked perspective on it. But again, I think the way in which the, like, the, the the argument is built is quite solid. Yeah, I mean, mm. it's it's definitely a good uh, criticism of who she is, and I think that when baggage claim goes into other subjects as well, the most controversial one, the one that I've loved the most lately, because uh, my girlfriend and I we talk often about this, and we've been having conversations about feminism and the way that feminism works sometimes, that uh, especially toxic feminism that you know that um destroys more than it builds mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot because uh i have a conversation this is this is a funny this is i'm str- i know i'm straying away from the point a bit but uh there's this thing that i have i have had a fight con todos mis amigas okay que es típica frase los hombres son una mierda okay and i've had the conversation with all my friends okay about men being shit okay y siempre tipo he tenido esta pelea de que los hombres no son una mierda o sea, hay hombres que son una mierda, hay mujeres que son una mierda, but like men per se aren't bad. Aren't intrinsically bad. Like, there's nothing intrinsically evil about men, or at least there is as much intrinsically evil about men as there is about women, and it's probably proportional to what is intrinsically good about them. Hay un balance, okay? okay? okay. Entonces, eh, 
esta, esta conversación, evidentemente, siempre es muy cómica porque lo primero que pasa es, pero a mí me montaron cachos, pero a mí me hicieron esto, pero a mí me hicieron lo otro. Mm-hmm. And it's never, I did something, what happened to me. Uh, it's always like, I'm the victim of this. And it's mm-hmm. this victim narrative que you don't realize has been fed to you. But it's also been fed to men. Entonces, está el otro lado de la moneda que es, I, I, the, way, the reason why I have this conversation is because to a certain extent, I grew up, especially in my teenage years, around mainly around women. Mm-hmm. And I remember having this feeling of, oh, I better enjoy these years because soon I'm going to be a man and I'm going to be evil. Yeah? Yeah. Soon I'm going to grow up and I'm going to become evil because I'm, I'm a man. And, and I'm, I'm gonna, supposed to be shit. And I'm supposed to be bad. And so I told my girlfriend, like, do you think, like, if, if you and I had a kid together, would you tell him to his face? You are going to grow up and become shit. No. No. Then why are you saying it to men in general? Mm-hmm. Like the people who go up bridges and build them or take care of the electric system. Mostly men. Mm-hmm. 99% men. Why are you telling them that there's nothing good about them? Es que I completely agree with you. Y estaba viendo un podcast. I was watching a podcast. Escuela en nada. Yeah. And they were speaking about like somehow something related to that and they were saying like often men are not looking for serious relationships they're not looking for yeah like establishing commitment exactly They're, they don't want to commit they want to have sex that's it they want like the physical part but let's say this girl that they like is their challenge you know and this like i want i want to get her and she's like perhaps above my league you know yeah and i'm gonna put all my cards on the deck in order to get her you know For her, it's going to be like, oh, he really cares about me. He really is in love with me. He's okay. trying to commit with me and he wants to build something. For him, it's like, I want to get you. I'm going to, you know, get what I want and then I'm going to leave, right? And probably in his perspective, he's not necessarily doing something wrong. But from her perspective, it's like, he's shit. He just used me for this, you know? But like the, the, the problem there is not the desire. It's the misunderstanding of, What is it that we want? Yeah. Misunderstanding of what is it that we want is probably the easiest explanation for every bad thing that happens in the world. Probablemente, <laughs> totalmente. And I don't know. So she, she starts talking about this narrative, the negative narrative, the mm-hmm. victim mindset, right? And she, the first thing that she comes into, the first time that I ever listened to her was because she made a criticism of Marvel movies, Phase Four specifically so for those of you who aren't very savvy on marvel it's not talking about the previous 10 years of marvel so until infinity war it's like everything's fine even endgame has a little bit of it but you know endgame you can include it in like the good part mm-hmm. and then phase four has had a couple of tv shows and a couple of movies that have changed the narrative around marvel and have started in her words i think ridicule to ridicule men okay it has started to you know take men as this thing where it's like thor was this amazing superhero who you know had a really good arc where he you know he was an asshole and he learned that to you know to deserve his powers he needed to sacrifice something and then that's the first movie and then the second movie he uh he's failing in other parts but he you know mm-hmm. he gets his life together and then in the last movies he loses all faith And then he becomes fat. Everything good mm-hmm. about him, his figure, everything is lost. And then in the end, when everything that everybody thought about him that was good was gone, he was still capable of getting up 
and doing some good and fighting Thanos and trying to save the universe, etc. Right? Okay. This is a whole narrative, a whole narrative experience that's just full of things that he grew up and that he changed and he did this, 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 and that. And then the next movie, he's a joke. Okay. The next movie, he is just as banal as you know superficial as he was in the first film except now he saved the universe so now he deserves it and now he's a gigantic asshole and the women in the movie just call him out on being an asshole and make fun of him okay and you turn this amazing superhero who has had this whole creative growth and you simplify it to this one thing where he is a joke mm -hmm. the same thing goes for loki loki was supplanted by a female version of himself who does everything better. Mm -hmm. And the entire series is a collection of snippets about how Loki was shit his entire life. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it goes into more She-Hulk. She-Hulk has been incredible for her YouTube channel because she has just found the thing where it's like, this is where you're doing it wrong. And it's it, like, this is what I mean. Yeah. So Hulk is one of the characters that has suffered the most. Mm -hmm. Like Hulk's parents died. He, his existence was made illegal in the US constitution because of his threat. Like his emotions could literally destroy cities and he couldn't control them. And the experiment that made him that way was created by the government who later okay. illegalized him. And then... The, her cousin gets Hulk superpowers. Okay. And then there's a scene where she literally sits him down and says, you think you're angry? I'm angrier because you have no idea how difficult it is for me when I walk in the street and a man cat calls me or when I'm doing my job and then a person who is under my rank explains something that I know to me. I'm angry. I know. And that's the scene. And then he, Hulk sits in there and takes it. And she says, I'm not going to be a superhero. I'm going to focus on my career. And she becomes a, she lives her career. And, and she's like, she, she, for example, she says that, um, she, I, I don't, you want to be an Avenger? She's asked. And she says, no, no, that's only for like, that's only for like pretentious billionaires and orphans. He said, she says that. <laughs> But is it like a movie or is it a series? It's a, it's a series. Okay. And then the whole series is about her dating life. Really? So it's like, Really? The, the biggest of the ironies. Yeah, so oh, all the Avengers are super self-centered and only care about themselves. And then <laughs> the other side of the coin is, well, yeah, and we're going to watch, make an entire series about my, date, my dating mm -hmm. life and how people don't accept me because I look like Hulk. It's, it's incredibly controverted and you see it in the whole uh, franchise. Mm -hmm. And then you have the nail that I think shuts the coffin. Which is, I think Brazil just got eliminated from the World <gasps> Cup. Or I think there's one more penalty to go. One more penalty to go. And then the, the nail that shuts the coffin is Don't Worry Darling. So the last video she makes is about Don't Worry Darling. And Don't Worry Darling is a movie by Olivia Wilde. There's been a lot of controversy around Olivia Wilde. Mm. She compared, she said that her villain was based on Jordan Peterson. <laughs> she's been having an, like, an affair. Uh, she's been having a romantic relationship with harry styles mm. she alienated part of her cast fired shia labeouf there's been a bunch of controversy around her and everything surrounding the um, the making of that film mm -hmm. and the directing of it and um Bye -bye. brazil has been knocked out of the world cup officially you're gonna see this a lot later Estoy but... super triste. <laughs> i knew it 
Um, and then uh, after all this controversy, they talk to her and they, they she analyzes it and she says, you know what's wrong with Olivia Wilde's movies? And the, the phrase is so perfect. She doesn't believe in redemption. Okay. She only believes in redemption when it's about women. She doesn't believe in redemption for men. Men have to be evil for her, for her narrative to work, for the, for the, so the victim mindset to, to actually be true, men have to become irredeemable. Okay. There can be no light or dark. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to be bad. And it's, that's where you see the extreme. That's mm-hmm. what I think baggage claim just gets it right. You, she sees that men are irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, not only do I not believe that, I think it's, I'm going to use a very big word. It's abhorrent. I think it's just... Mm. I think it's superficial. I think it speaks to trauma. I think it speaks to something that happened to her. Something, something Somebody hurt her really bad, and I'm super sorry for her. But, um, <laughs> We're not going to dive into like the psychological wounds of Olivia Wilde. That's yeah, but you can dive into the psychological wounds that she's probably inflicting into thousands si, si, of guys or men or children who admire Harry Styles and who just saw him as this psychopathic killer si, si, with si. no redemption. Yeah, I got something interesting about like both of the examples that you gave. It's like, from what I understand, like both the Thor, like the, the latest Thor movie and Don't Worry Darling are movies that have had very bad reviews and very low like yeah revenues. people are not watching the movies exactly which uh, is also interesting and there's the thing about you know you, you can have movies that empower the feminine characters and somehow like portray the woke culture but they can like you know they, they don't have to go to this like irony or this contradiction of you know you you, you fight for she hulks like women rights and you try to portray the struggle of what women go through in society whether it's true or not but then again you limit it to the perception that men have of her yeah like that, that's where the validation comes from like that's where everything is wrong you know yeah and there's uh so we have here that we there's this other side where it's like what do you do do you mm-hmm. take sides do you Uh, prefer one side or the other mm-hmm. of the argument are you going to be with the men who are uh, in in my estimation of what they're trying to say shit mm-hmm. basically irre- irredeemable deviants who mm-hmm. should repent or are you going to be with the women who are victims and who are, have done nothing wrong and who mm-hmm. are perfect just the way they are but are they but are they yeah so basically you know With such appealing extremes, how do you know which side to take? Exactly. And the conclusion is that you don't. Mm-hmm. You basically don't. You don't know which side to take. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that we listen to podcasts and that we watch these kinds of things is that we are searching for that. I think that's why in our time, there's so many narratives like this one, because this is just the first of extremes that we're tackling here, this might even become serious at some mm-hmm. point, the handling extremes thing. Uh, wokeness is certainly something that is particularly difficult for our generation to deal with because it's like dressed up and like marketed exactly as what we want or, and or are correct. supposed to want. For our generation, the woke culture is intrinsically the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the like, status quo. It's intrinsically right for you to fight for the rights of people. 
and, and we're not saying that's what's wrong but like again it's not that simple the very pretentious you know yeah the, i'm fighting for the social cause bring some baggage <laughs> yeah that we need to deal with and it goes back to that definition of wokeness the original definition of wokeness it's like somebody who keeps his or her eyes open to whatever is being controlled by this narrative like the status quo this this thing where woke culture has become been it's shoved down people's throats so much that they don't even want to watch the movies anymore mm-hmm. that we you have to wake up to it and you have to realize and see it and i think that the only way is to create a solid opinion mm-hmm. like to create a system that gives you solid opinions about the world and then that's the completely different thing that's that's the hard part that's that explains and this is to the core of what i we do a podcast in the first place it's i don't think you and i have the truth about the world exactly but when we have conversations we feel like we're talking and touching the truth for a second uh-huh. and that that's the magical thing and that's why joe rogan is so famous because he has this uncanny ability of independent of whoever he's talking to he touches on the truth mm-hmm. and he lets you see it for a second and it's incredibly appealing it's incredibly satisfying to watch people talk about things that are real because when you watch megan markle's archetype podcast and you see megan markle just inviting people so that she can engrandize her mm-hmm. own struggle if you can call it that then it's not interesting it's not good storytelling it's not a human narrative mm-hmm. it's just her throwing flowers on herself yes but i feel like that's something that you don't necessarily like not necessarily everyone can see you know how do we see, how do we see it exactly like the 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 critical thinking ability it's like something that perhaps we take for granted yeah. you know or, or or we don't perhaps pay as much attention to it because it's very easy to be blinded by one of the sides. It's like, let's say we limit ourselves. If I would limit myself to watch only the documentary, you know, and read yeah. only the news in favor of Megan. And like, I would only watch your podcast. Like probably I would be completely convinced that the Royal family and the whole system has been against her throughout her whole life. And she has been fighting against it. And she's been, like, she's proved that she can be successful without falling into those traps. Like, that's very easy to believe. It's very appealing to believe. Because she touches your emotions. She tells you, I am being mistreated. I am being treated like shit. And I've been fighting it, you know. And that's why I'm here. And then it impresses you more that she did whatever she did. That she acted where she acted. That she has her children. That she married who she married. Like, it just... Engrandece, I don't know what to word for that in English. Aggrandizes. Everything that she's ever done. Por eso me parece wicked, because it's like, it's like some sort of wicked reverse psychology that's like, I am a poor thing that has achieved all these great things, you know? And that's why you should follow me. It's super appealing. Yeah, I mean, look, people are smart. And mm-hmm. even people who are living under a persona have two eyes in front of them enough to understand that if they say things a certain way, they get a bigger reaction. And then she's just exploiting that, at least in my perspective. And again, I, I'm, my opinion is not certain. Baggage claims opinion isn't 
entirely true either but it's what we've and I, I think i talked about this in my my other podcast I, I did an episode I, I don't know if it's come out yet but it's called uh, learning from extremes mm-hmm. and learning from extremes is look the reason why we're good at critical thinking is because we grew up in a place where 90 percent of what was being said politically speaking was untrue mm-hmm. and we had to learn to read between the lines and then the moment that you learn to read between the lines you grasp what's truer Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the truth, but you grasp it what's truer. Mm-hmm. Again, we lived in a bubble. Whatever happened to us wasn't reality, wasn't true. And one of the most formative moments that I've ever had in my life was watching a documentary in class that praised the left in Latin America, mm-hmm. that said the left in Latin America was the best thing ever, which I do not believe. And especially the left in Latin America in the 20th century, like the 21st century. It started like the year 1998, 1997, giving the background about Chavez and everything. They interviewed Chavez like eight times for the documentary. And it's you hear him talking and it's incredibly difficult, especially as a Venezuelan, to sit down there and listen to it, to listen to this guy that ruined our generation probably. I don't even like saying that he ruined our generation. He did very bad things, but I don't think our generation's ruined at all. But to the point, I think he, he did very bad things. He, he hurt and manipulated a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But he also spoke for them. Mm-hmm. And the documentary goes into like, okay, this is why, this is the narrative. It's, it says the whole left-wing narrative. And not only in Venezuela, but in all of Latin America. But after he does that, after they explain the whole narrative, they criticize okay. what we consider to be the right side of the argument. And that criticism was spot on. And it took me like, Two weeks of rewatching the documentary, of sitting down, breathing deeply, and trying not to murder my own iPad to realize that, whoa, this specific piece of criticism is true. And if I had understood this myself better, if I had opened my eyes up better, I wouldn't have been so shocked when our part of the Venezuelan society did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it was always like, oh, finally, we're going to do this thing. and It's going to turn out all right. And then it, it fell. And it's exactly the criticism mm-hmm. that they say. And it's like, wow, that had probably been going on for years, for decades. And they'd been tired of it. And they turned to what they thought was the least worst thing. Perfecto. And that, that, that like leads me to a very interesting point. It's very, like, I feel like the easiest thing is to go for the extreme. So for us, it was like we grew up being told like the left is wrong, the right is right. Yeah. You have to be capitalist, socialist under every circumstance equals to national disaster. Yeah. Y pero, o sea, la Biblia, pues, tipo, eso era el pan de cada día. Yeah, en lo social cada vez era un poco más suelto. Como que, socially you can be left, like, we believe in, 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 in gays right, and, exactly. and lesbians and bisexuals, but like, you know, you cannot control you the have economy. to be right wing. Exacto. Yeah. O sea, la economía tiene que ser libre por completo. O sea, it was very black and white. Yeah. Porque nuestra situación se daba para eso. But then, for, when you grow up, you realize, yeah, it's what you say. It's not necessarily like that. It's like, I don't even like right or left. Exacto, <laughs> exacto. And that's, that's my point. Being in that spot is absolutely uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you don't belong. And it's so easy, it's so nice to just go right and be with all the people who decided to go right and be sure that everyone else is wrong. You know, I like one of the, one of my best, uh, the best people in my career mm-hmm. is a girl, her name is Selene. She's 25 mm-hmm. years old. And 
she is very feminist, very left-wing, but she's also Muslim. Okay. And so she has these contrasting perspectives that are so interesting. She's the only person in class, even though she has trouble speaking in public sometimes, she's an amazing speaker, but, you know, it's the second biggest fear in the world. Uh, the third, it's like a, uh, it's after spiders and snakes speaking in public. Uh, even after that, she's the person who counters me the most in class. Who I say something and she says, you know what? I don't believe you. Give me proof. And I love that. And so her perspectives, which are contrasted, are different, have two sides that give an extreme, two extremes that get you to the middle. Then her opinion, I always value it more. It's always more interesting. So I think it's, it has to be that. It has to be that you need two, pers- two different radically different perspectives or at least contrasting perspectives mm. you have to learn both from marxism and from you know adam smith and the whole capitalist utopian movement you know you bueno, like i have something that's very personal and it happened not so long ago it, my boyfriend and i had like this very different opinion on one specific matter okay which was There is, like, a person, right, who, like, she's somehow in our friend group, okay? Like, she's one of, like, she's friends of us, but um, she d- she often, like, speaks on her, like, on, on her backs. Like, she behind her backs. Exactly, behind her backs. So, like, says things that someone who truly cares about you and someone who truly loves you... Doesn't say. Wouldn't normally say. Okay. Okay? And she's very linked to someone who is very close to us, you know? She's like like a very good friend of ours who, unlike her, like is truly our friend, yeah, okay? okay? So, like, we like, there was a, an event associated with this person who's conflicted, okay? Yeah. And my, my position was, okay, maybe I'm not gonna attend the event for her, but since that person is important for someone who's truly important for me and who I know truly cares about me, I'm gonna do that for this other person, not not for the individual, individual in question, but like for the other person who truly cares about the individual. Yeah. Person, okay. Like my brother, my brother's best friend has a recital. You hate his best friend, but you love my brother, so you're exacto, going. Exacto, exactamente eso. But for example, my boyfriend was like, like so I can love your brother a lot. So he can be my best friend, but that doesn't m- oblige me to respond o sea, como que, si, estar ahí para la, for the for his best friend yeah okay to respond in kind to somebody who isn't exactly. as close my relationship to your brother has doesn't need to tie me to his best friend yeah okay even if i respect you even if i love you and even if your brother thinks that like i am obliged to go to lo, to go yeah. and to like like your best friend also yeah okay para mí era un compromiso for me it was not a matter of choice it was like I'm gonna do it for your brother but for my boyfriend it was like I'm sorry but like this person has not treated me in a way that I feel neither the need or the want to be there for them yeah and in the end come on like It's not like he didn't go or did, or and I went. It was like it was also the day of a compromise that we did, had together. Like there was something that we needed to do together. So it, it was either we moved the whole, the thing for the both of us, or we both went and we both didn't go to the other event, right? So I ended up saying 
Okay. Fine. We're not going to go. I would have never in my life done that before because my mom always taught me. Yeah. You have to be there because you care about someone in the picture and you don't know when you're going to need them later on in your life. And that's something that I could not get off my head. Yeah. But at the same time, very Venezuelan, my mom said the same thing to me always. Uh huh. At the same time, my boyfriend did have a point. Come on, if she has not been there for you, come on, maybe she has done things for you, but like in the core, she has honestly, she said not very nice things. So it's like, why why should you be there for for that person? Yeah, I mean, there's reasons, and, and you could give them. But this is the interesting thing. Once you get to two conflicting opinions, when once you get insights from both sides, you can start debating. You can start having an actual conversation. Mm-hmm. You have a floor to speak with or, or a motivation to speak through. But if you don't have that, you just have an operating system mm-hmm. that says A equal A plus B equal X and you do this exactly. because I said that. Exactly. That doesn't work. That makes you a robot. Exactly. And then I think that's why um, I like to listen to things from different perspectives. And the more you research, the more you find the perspectives, which is awesome. Like Huberman, that podcast gives you a you know biological perspective into sleep or into motivation or into exercise. And then you go and you listen to Modern Wisdom, and he gives you more of a you know social, uh, cult, socio-cultural or psychological reason behind uh, exercise, motivation, mm-hmm. sex life, etc. And then you go to listen to another podcast and it gives you a, la- a Latino mm-hmm. perspective on this whole thing. And then you talk to your dad and you listen to a more conservative and then you talk to your mom and you listen to a more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then if you get all these perspectives, you get a kaleidoscope of things that maybe gives you a clear image, See. ironically. Uh, and if you don't... Yeah. Like, the image can be clear for you, but is it... I think I, I think we can close with this one, and I think this is this is incredibly, at least in my mind, it is incredibly clear. If wokeness is living off this victim mentality, the more that you go with wokeness without criticizing it, without taking a second look, you will become a victim. Mm-hmm. You will become a victim of everything that wokeness is and gives. If you want to be truly woke in the classical definition of woke, you need to give yourself as much opinions from different credible sides as possible. And ironically, the most woke you are, the less woke you actually are. Yeah. The, the less awoke you actually exactly. are. So then remember. No one gets away with being ignorant about their own opinions. And no one gets away with anything. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week. We hope you enjoy the podcast. And remember, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Substack, and, of course, on YouTube. Bye. 46 minutes. I had fun. Yeah, it was good.